Are you glad to see everybody? Come on, shake a few hands and welcome them. Good to see you. Amen and amen and amen. That is fantastic. It is good. It's good to see John Klauser in the back. I should, I'm on the air, but I'm just going to say it anyway. It's good to see John. John is an expert on many, many, many subjects. And he has years of, of past experience in ministry. But I think his very special calling is to find bakeries. And he has found a many wonderful bakeries. So those of you that are seeking a bakery, Brother John knows where there's a good one, all right? Or two or three or four. All right, amen. And I'm glad for each and every one uh, who is here today. I'm glad for all of you that have come in and uh, made yourself right at home here. Those of you that are viewing online, thank you for being a part of this ministry as well. Uh, Brother Frey, I want to tell you this, that when, when COVID hit, uh, a lot of things happened, but one of the things that happened, we, I mean, we kicked the devil in the teeth because uh, we got a viewing audience that's all around the world, around the country, and we have folks in California who consider this their home church, and they've, they're, I mean, they're involved in every possible way that a member can be in California. So praise God for them, and all around the world, across the southwest, the southeast, the deep south, the mid-south, uh, up north of us, all around, up and down the east coast, we've got folks they're involved in this ministry, and we appreciate each and every one of them. So thank you for being a part of this ministry. It is also our, uh, our time right now to mention that Aksuk uh, is, is in the service today, and we want to extend our love and condolences officially uh, to Aksuk and to daughters Christina, Joyce, and all those that will be missing Norris, Norris, Price passed and is with the Lord Jesus Christ. His service of memory is going to be at Mount Castle in Dale City at 10 a.m. a week from tomorrow, February 26, 11 a.m. 10 a.m. is viewing. 11 is the um, is the um, service of memory followed by interment. And we uh, want everybody to avail themselves of that opportunity to let Aksuk know that she is in our prayers and her thoughts at this difficult time. You know, that's the one thing to know for sure that. Uh, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. So, amen. Could I get our ushers to uh, distribute a love offering envelope, a red love offering envelope to every person in the audience? Because, and we've got just a couple here, but we've got some down and around. And uh, they're in the back, I believe. That's where you left them, guys. So, if you would, quickly, let's distribute them. And these will be used for our missionaries who are our guests today. So thankful for them being with us. Now, this is not to confuse you. Uh, we do have the Give the Gift of God's Word envelopes for the $8 Bibles that are being placed in the hands of third world Christians. And you can continue to do that as well as give to the regular offering and to the missions offering of our church. But today, the red offering envelope is for our missionary guests who are with us. And I want us to give a very good offering to them if we possibly can. They have been uh, so faithful in serving the Lord. We're glad that we can be a part of their ministry in this way. Before I uh, let them say something here in just a moment, we have coming up some exciting things going on. This week on Wednesday, we have our evening service, Wednesday evening Bible study at uh, 7.30. Don't miss it. We're in the book of Romans, great book on doctrine. And uh, then Saturday, we have uh, cleanup at 9, visitation at 10. And uh, then I want to make available these Beast Feast flyers. Now, these have been going out, being hung on door doors and passed out and placed on uh, bulletin boards. 
The Men and Boys Beast Feast Wild Game Dinner will be on March the 2nd. That's coming up in just a couple of weeks. And I think we're going to have a huge group. In fact, uh, uh, Tyler uh, has been getting the word out. People have been inviting other people. We have sign-up boards. Now, if you have not had a chance to sign the sign-up board, uh, the, the main course is venison, but we have other meats as well. We have domestic meats. We have other wild game uh, meats and fish and so forth. But we will provide you with the venison. It's been hunted already, butchered, and we have various cuts. And you can make spaghetti, meatloaf, sweet and sour, barbecue, anything. We usually have about 25 varieties of venison for men and boys. We're going to be meeting at 1 o'clock for activities on the 2nd, 4 o'clock for our program and our dinner downstairs. Uh, everybody, if you would, sign up to prepare a meat dish. We'll give you the meat next week or the week after. Uh, during that week, get you ready for the second. Side dishes. Everybody needs to make lots of side dishes, cook vegetables, salad, and so forth. And everybody needs to make desserts. We have award-winning desserts, and I uh, want you to make desserts. Madeline, you are assigned to make a dessert at least, all right? And everybody else, uh, let's have as many desserts as we possibly can. Could we get... One of these pass then to each section, starting with our people, all right? And then pass them around, if you would, please. And thank you so much for doing that for us now. All right. We do have flyers that we'll make available at the end. And uh, we'll, get, uh, we'll get those passed out also. We'll get the flyers passed. Anybody that wants one now, and then we'll put the rest out in the foyer. Yeah, everybody take one with you. And uh, several, if you've got folks that you're going to be distributing. Thank you so much. Well, we had the joy of hearing from the phrase in uh, the Sunday school hour. Now, we heard mostly from Nathan Frey. And we got to, we got to meet Rebecca. And uh, I'm going to have them come back again to the platform. We've got microphones. So come on, both of you, if you would, come on up. And uh, grab that microphone, if you would, so that we can share that. This is Nathan Frey, longtime missionary to Brazil. And uh, as you know, uh, his wife passed, Diane, uh, whom we knew and, and prayed for. And uh, we grieved with Nathan. Then, you, then God opened up the door of opportunity. And he and Rebecca met, and they've now married. And they're heading back uh, along with uh, Priscilla, 15-year-old daughter, and going back to Brazil. So... Uh, what we're going to do today, we're online, so here's what we're going to do. Very quickly, I want you to say a few words. Okay. Introduce your wife. She's going to give her testimony, mm -hmm, understand? Mm -hmm, all right? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to do the preaching, just so you know, okay? <laughs> all right? Uh, but go ahead and give your testimony. But if you would introduce uh, yourselves and her, your ministry, and then she's going to give her testimony. I want you to remain up here and then just give a, a few final words. Just kind of wrap it up in a neat little package, all right? And uh, then I'm going to preach after that, okay? okay. All right. Okay. So let's welcome the phrase all the way from Brazil. <laughs> Heading back to Brazil. All right. Go ahead, brother. Pastor Nathan and Rebecca Frey, before I say anything else, I want to thank several here who I know prayed for me yes. during, during uh, the last three years, which were uh, the most difficult years of my life. And I know some reached out to me, and I could sense your prayers, and I'm just so Amen. grateful for this church. We're here this morning to thank you for faithfully supporting us for over 30 years. We're so grateful for this church. 
the important part you play in our life and ministry. We know we couldn't be in Brazil serving as missionaries the way we are without your support in other churches like you. So we're here this morning to say thank you. We're here to give you an update. We did that through our video. Um, Hopefully it gave you a good idea of what's going on and how your missionary dollars are being invested in Brazil. And that's the other reason why why we're here. So it's just always good to be back here. We love and appreciate this church very much. Amen. All right, Sister Rebecca. Oh, it's great to be here uh, this morning, and I just wanted to share a little bit about myself since you all don't really know me. I uh, was born in Charleston, West Virginia, and I was blessed to have been raised in a Christian home. You know, my earliest memories are just being involved in our local church and the, and the music and with the children. We were one of those families that the doors were open, we were there. And I'm very thankful for that heritage. But even though I grew up in a Christian home, I had to come to a place where I realized that that I needed a savior myself. And when I was eight years old, my grandfather died and it brought me face to face with the reality of death. And I realized that I was going to die someday. And I spoke to my mom about that and she led me to the Lord in our home. Amen. And growing up, I loved uh, meeting missionaries when they came to our church. I loved reading missionary biographies. That was a big part of just what impacted me for missions. And um, those people, Hudson Taylor, Amy Carmichael, Jim and Elizabeth Elliot, those people became my heroes. I wanted to be like them. I wanted to serve the Lord like them. And when I was 16 years old, I surrendered my life to serve the Lord. And um, I didn't know exactly what that would be. I was definitely open to missions. And um, when it came time for college, I think uh, Pastor mentioned this, um, the Lord led me to attend Ambassador Baptist College small Bible college started by evangelist Ron Comfort, and the music director was Don Scoble. Um, But uh, I majored in missions. I graduated from there in 2002. Little side note, as a student, um, I actually um, heard a missionary named Nathan Frey preach in chapel. Uh Um, Of course, at that point, I didn't know exactly (laughs) that the Lord would lead us together in the future. But in the years after college, I kept busy serving the Lord, mostly in Christian schools, teaching, and also uh, did some secretarial work in a couple different ministries. But um, during that time, I still, my heart was for missions. I went on several different missions trips, and and, um, I was thankful for that. But then in the providence of God, Nathan contacted me in August of 2022, and we started uh, talking about serving the Lord together. And um, I, I visited, I think you mentioned uh, at Christmas, we were engaged, and then we were married on August 5th. So very thankful for that, how the Lord has worked Amen. in my life. And, Amen. you know, I've always wanted to be involved in missions, and this truly is the desire of my heart, and I'm thankful for God granting that desire. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you so much. Before you leave today, come by our display. Take a prayer card. Do remember to pray for the phrase. It's so important. Sign up to get our updates if you like. And if I could urge you all to pray, if, if just for one thing, that Rebecca Ann will be able to learn Portuguese quickly, it'll be something she'll have to focus on our first year back in Brazil. She can get up to speed that God will give her strength um, um, and, and, and uh, grace Amen. as she goes through the things that she'll need to, uh, adapting to life and ministry in Brazil. Love and appreciate you all so very much. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. Let's give them a hand. Praise God for them. All of you out there that are viewing, if you'd like to also participate in their special support, their love gift, you can do that. And we're so thankful that we have a chance to help out in our own way. I believe the Bible is the Word of God. How many of you would agree with that? Amen. And today's, uh, today's bulletin 
is a, a beautiful bulletin. And uh, I don't know if uh, Dane and Daquan are having an opportunity right now to tune in. I know they're on the road, but eventually they will. And I want to say thank you to Dane. She's been, uh, she's been working on bulletins and under the tutelage of, of uh, First Lady Gwendolyn, uh, who is probably the best bulletin uh, graphics person on the planet. Uh, we, we always get a beautiful bulletin. Look at this bulletin that we've got. Now, you that are online, you can scroll down and you can tap and, and you can see those hands around that world. And we have, uh, of course, the globe. I don't know how many churches you go to that have a globe on, uh, on the uh, platform, but uh, I know of two, this one and my former ministry. We want the, the focus on world evangelization to always be fresh and strong in our hearts and minds, and uh, th that is uh, that has not changed. We have a special uh, emphasis in October every year, and so we're just going to pretend that we fast-forwarded and we're in October because the, the same is true in October as it is today. Our focus is on God's great heart for lost souls worldwide to be saved, and uh, usually early on in the month, if not the first Sunday, the second Sunday, we'll have a World Missions Day, and we'll have speakers, we'll have, uh, we'll have missions emphasis, music, and uh, then all through the month, usually concluding with our church anniversary. We just celebrated our 60th anniversary as a church, and for 60 years, the heartbeat of this church has been missions, and uh, that's the heartbeat of God. We believe with, with uh, every bit of our being. I'm so glad that that is the case. <clears throat> but on the front, we have a scripture verse, and I will very gladly spend and be spent for you, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. That's the Apostle Paul. And uh, there's some, some very positive and some very negative aspects to that verse, but that's reality. That's serving the Lord. And what I've said at the top, only with a servant's heart can we reach the lost for Jesus. Until we come to that moment, where we see ourselves as completely needy and dependent upon the Lord, can we ever help anybody else? And that, that goes for not only our salvation, but also our service. We don't get saved by grace and then served by human effort. We get saved by grace, we get sustained and satisfied, and we serve by grace as well. Praise the Lord for that. I hope that today you're going to get the message. Inside the bulletin, until we die to a self-willed way of living... I remember old Dr. Clyde Kendall who preached that. He'd point that bony finger. Looked like an old prophet, long white hair. An old prophet of God, he said, he would say, where's the evidence? He'd point, where's the evidence that you've been saved? Only until we die to a self-willed way of living and Jesus Christ lives through us will we, we will never possess a servant's heart necessary to evangelize the world as Jesus Christ commanded us. We have a website for our tracks. Now our tracks, our little smiley face tracks, a revision that the Lord led us to do. Uh, led upon, uh, let, he laid it upon our hearts, but in, in 2015, my wife said to me, let's do this. And so we, we revised, rewrote the, the uh, smiley face tract, and it has become uh, so effective in its use in 13 languages, covering 85% of the world's languages, and uh, around the world, uh, Thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of these, maybe millions, have gone since then. And uh, the first page says, life can be difficult. That is universal. Everybody's got problems. Everybody's got problems. In fact, the person who says they have no problems has the biggest problem of all. 
Everybody's got problems. Do you ever feel like nobody really cares? And that is, that is so important. We were, we were someplace yesterday with uh, our extended family, Brad and, and his wife Callie and the kids, and uh, we, were, we were grabbing something, and, and there was a, a young lady at the front, and we gave her a tract. And then we were eating, and we came back to the front, and I said, now be sure to read that. I wrote that, and she said, oh, I already read it. And praise God, how many times have you given out a tract and uh, the Lord lifted your spirit, lifted their spirit? I mean, there's a coming together because there's an opportunity for us to share with people the good news. And the good news is that Jesus died for the lost. Do we really care enough to win the lost to Jesus? I remember in uh, one of our uh, missions conferences before Dr. Hancock went to heaven, I believe it was the, the last series he ever held here uh, and it would have been uh, around the time that we updated that track. Uh, he, uh, he said, uh, uh, it's not enough to care. Do we care enough? And that's a, not just a, a little ditty. That's, a, that's an important and a deep thought. Say, I, I, I care. Isn't it enough that I care? Do we care enough? to be faithful to the Lord's house? Do we care enough to pray? Do we care enough to read through the Bible? Do we care enough to prioritize spiritual priorities? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Think about that. It's not enough just to care. Do we care enough? When He saw the multitudes, He was moved with compassion on them because they uh, fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Of course, we've got so many other things in here. Every... Every Christian is a missionary, and uh, every lost soul is a mission field. Those are all things that we've heard and said and shared so many times. Uh, we're going to take some time to talk about how this impacts us personally. And I'm glad that the phrase are here today, because they've challenged us. And uh, now we want to be a blessing to them by our giving, by our praying, by our loving them. And uh, through the ministry of the Word today... It's very important for us to remember that Paul said, And all they that will live godly shall suffer persecution. Jesus Christ said it first, and Paul was just echoing the Savior who talked about the prophets who were persecuted. And uh, how Jesus said, If they hate you, they hated me first. Those are all truths that we, we, we may not fully grasp the enormity of that truth, but we accept that truth by faith. Uh, there's a song that that uh, Mr. Tindley, that old southern gospel writer, uh, wrote, We'll understand it better by and by. Trials dark on every hand. We cannot understand all the ways that God would lead us to that blessed promised land. See, we're on a journey. And the reason we're still going through stuff is because God's not through with us yet. So He's allowing, He's permitting things in our life. And you may not like it, you may not understand it, but that's not, that's not what it's about. It's about our acceptance. It's about our walking by faith and not by sight. It's our, it's our allowing the Lord to mold us and form us so that we might be more usable and we might be a blessing to others. So we will understand it better by and by. But right now, we don't completely understand it. We don't understand, for example, why the Apostle Paul went through all that he did in that same book of 2 Corinthians in chapter number 4. 2 Corinthians and chapter number 4 and verse number 5, a verse that Gwendolyn and I for years would sign 
when we would sign Bibles. Verse number 5, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. You can't be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ and serve Him the way you want to until you're saved, until you belong to Him, until you've been born again. And then we have to yield day by day, hour by hour, moment by moment. There will come challenges and opportunities for us to fall out of love with the Lord Jesus. It doesn't seem possible, but that does happen. We cool off. Like the churches in the book of the Revelation, uh, they were neither hot nor cold. They were lukewarm. And because of that, they could not be fully used. They could not be effective. We need to keep falling in love with the Lord over and over and over and over again. We do that by staying in the Word. We do that by staying in the will of God. We, we do that by staying in the work. Now put it down, those three. The Word, all right, the will of God and the work of God. If you'll stay in those three, God will keep you warm. He'll keep you, he'll keep you on, uh, on serving ground. But we have to have a servant's heart. Now, if we jump down a little bit further, it says in verse number 8, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. A preacher mentor of mine used to preach a message called knock down but not knocked out. You keep getting up, you keep getting up, you keep getting up, you keep getting up, you keep getting up. That's so very important. One of my other mentors uh, in uh, California taught me years ago, the old preacher taught me, he said, Brad, uh, so many preachers have fallen and are out of the ministry and there are many vacancies today because of this sin or that sin or this sin or the other sin. But he said, more more fall to discouragement than anything else. And that is so true. Back during COVID days, there were eight Bible-believing preachers quitting every single month that we, that we could count. Eight. And we saw them dropping like flies. And they were getting out of the ministry because of discouragement. Don't be discouraged. Faint. Don't faint. Uh, if you faint not, we will, we will reap in due season. The scripture is very clear about that. Years and years ago, I heard and uh, came to know uh, Brother Jack Baskin, who was a great educator and preacher of the gospel, a great missionary spokesman. And uh, he had on the front page of, of this sword of the Lord, all, all old and yellow from 1978, uh, the cry of the world, the call of God, the cost of surrender. And he was always preaching about and challenging folks for missions. What he was saying was that there is a great effort, but we serve a great God. And so nothing's too great for God. Nothing's too great for God. And uh, I think about uh, those that I've had the chance to fellowship with recently. I think about Joe Kaiser. He came by and dropped off some more of those uh, John and Romans that we put in the packets. Thank you, ladies, for doing that. God bless you for coming out every week and stuffing 300, 400, 500, 600 uh, packets that go on the doors with the John and the Romans. And Brother Kaiser delivers that, and he knows when he comes. Brother Joe, I'm just going to tell a secret. He knows, I'm going to, uh, he knows what I'm going to say next, that, that when he comes, we have a time to fellowship. I always take him out to Red Lobster and buy him lobster. And uh, he enjoys it. It's not why he comes, but it's part of it. He'll, he'll admit that to you. We have a good time of fellowship. We're talking about these times in which we live, and so many people are negative because we got this challenge and that challenge. We got, we've got problems with the government. We've got problems in society. We've got problems with crime. We've got problems with this, that, and the other thing. And, and, uh, and he put his hand up right there in the restaurant and said, Whatever happened to God? For some people, their God's sick or he died in the night. 
Their work wouldn't change one bit if you had. But ours needs to be so apparent that every breath we take is by the grace of God. Every step we take is by the grace of God. Every witness we extend is by the grace of God. Everything we do is by the grace of God. Jesus is still on the throne and He's coming back. And it might be any moment. Just think about that. Are you ready? Are you prepared? Is your heart right with God? Do you have a servant's heart? Is that it? Have you heard the message? Have you surrendered to the message, the truth that we have in the Word of God? Getting a little closer to our text, go, go to chapter 11 of 2 Corinthians. Chapter 11. He speaks, Paul is talking about what he had to go through. And he says in verse 23, are they ministers? The word minister means servant. So if you read ministry in the Bible, it means service. And if you read minister, it means servant. So he says, he says, are they ministers of Christ? Talking about the people that were critical of him. I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant. In stripes above measure. In prisons more frequent. In deaths off. Now look at verse 24. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. They would give him thirty-nine lashes. Just about killed. Many people did die under the lash. And he had it five different occasions. He had those marks in his body. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Now I am told by experts it doesn't just mean anywhere on the body. They would particularly beat the bottom of the feet so that it would be beaten to a pulp. And so poor uh, Paul had to walk all around the Roman Empire on beaten feet. Think about that. I suffered shipwreck. A day and a night have I been in the deep. We know that the one that is recorded at the end of the book of Acts is not included in this discussion. So he's been, uh, he's been uh, shipwrecked uh, four times at least. In journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. Alex asked, was it Alex that asked about danger? Yeah, about danger. Do you have danger? It's normal everyday living. And I've seen it. I've been in these countries on missions trips. And I've seen what it's like in the Philippines in certain places, in Mexico in certain places. And around their house or their compound, they'll have a large wall. They'll have wire around the top. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll take extra measures uh, to preserve their life so they can carry out the ministry. And God is watching over them. Uh, and they have, they have uh, the angels and uh, they have the protection of the Lord. But there's always that peril. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. The times in which we live are dangerous times. And then in weariness and painfulness and watchings often in hunger and thirst, in fastings often in cold and nakedness, beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily. Now I want to focus on that. Because every person here that's saved is a missionary. And so whether you are a vocational missionary or whether you are, as a born-again believer, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with little smiley face tracks and witnessing on the job and sharing the good news that Jesus Christ still saves, guess what? You have some wear and some tear that's taking place every single day. It is impossible for us to go through the day, go through the, the year without experiencing some wear and some tear. You ever see a picture of a person who was elected president and then four years or eight years later? They look like they've been, they've been dragged for miles, you know. And uh, I mean, really, even with the makeup artists and everything, they look like they've been beaten with something. That's, that's it. 
Do you know that being president of the United States does not hold a candle to being a minister, a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ? There are some people that were asked about that. Back in 1992, not everybody was satisfied with the folks that were running in the primaries in California for the presidency of the United States. So some of my people told me later, I did not ask them to do this. I was not actively candidating. But when they went to, uh, to fill out their ballots for the uh, primary for the presidency of the United States, they wrote my name in. I think I got 28 votes for president of the United States in the primaries in 1992. Thank you very much. If elected, I will not serve. But anyway, um, you know, I've, I've said the same thing that other famous people have said. I, I, would not, I would not accept the presidency of the United States because that would be a step down. Representing the King of Kings, King Jesus, being an ambassador for Jesus Christ. How wonderful is that? Think about that. Think about it when you step out of this body and into your glorified body or you die and you're absent from the body and present with the Lord and you got that solial body spoken of in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and you step into the presence of the Lord Jesus. And when, whenever it takes place that He sees us, I want to hear Him say, well done, good and faithful servant. And at the beam of judgment, I want to receive the crowns uh, that have been won in, in this flesh in spite of me by, by His grace that I can cast at His feet and say, thank you for saving me, Lord. Thank you for sustaining me. Thank you for satisfying me. Thank you for keeping me. He does all of that and more. And serving Him is a privilege. Serving Him is a joy. I'm glad. Everything else may weigh down upon you. Say, oh, that preacher, he doesn't have any problems. That's why he gets so excited. No, I get excited in spite of the problems because I know that through the problems, he's bringing me. I know that he is molding me. I know that he is forming me. And I know that if the devil takes the time and the energy and the world and the flesh to fire at me, I must be doing something right. And if that's the case, who's superior? The Lord is. And who's going to watch over me and bring me through? The Lord is. And who's going who's to reward me someday? The Lord is. Praise God. And I get to give it back to Him and say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for saving my soul. That which cometh upon me daily. It's not just extraordinary, superhuman things. I can give you illustrations of, of preaching in great venues Massive crowds I had nothing to do with. They came out in spite of me. I could give you stories about third world experiences when we had death threats. And I could give you experiences here in the United States when we had death threats. And everybody would sit on the edge of their seat and they want to hear how it turned out. And one kid would say to me afterwards, did you die? No, I'm still here. But the beauty of this is it's not just those extraordinary times that he keeps us and loves him and show, loves us and shows himself faithful to us. It's when you're laboring at that desk and you're living your life for Jesus and you're a witness, Mike, and you've been there 14, 16 hours, and that's when Jesus is real. When you've been cooking, cleaning, washing, ladies working at home for hours on end and you're dead tired. He's still faithful. You guys are, you're on the public transportation, you're coming home from work, you've been gone from home for 10, 12, 14 hours, now you're on the way home and the sun has set and it's completely dark and it's kind of lonely on that public transportation, getting home on the metro or some way 
and, and you got that pocket full of tracts and you got your New Testament, that's when the Lord is real. That's when He's genuine. That's it. That's it. For the Apostle Paul, who traveled all over the known world at that time, beaten and scarred and hurting from the last beaten, from the last trial that he went through, from the last time he was abused and mistreated, there he is, and the Lord stood by him. And the Lord spoke peace to him. And he felt that comfort down in his very core. And the last phrase in this verse is the care of all the churches. Taking care of other believers, professing believers, Christians, helping them out, being with them. Yes, all who will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Shall suffer persecution. Sometimes our persecution is from without. Sometimes it's from within. You've done the best you can. Somebody says something that kind of lets the air out of your balloon. You know what I'm saying? You've been doing your best. And God gives you a soft heart of a servant, but He gives you the height of an armadillo. So you can go through it and keep on going and keep on going. Now, we're not going to say it doesn't hurt. We're not going to say that it doesn't take something out of us. And if we were simply operating in the realm of the flesh, we'd quit, give up, or be tempted to do so. Always have tried in the ministry to build up when I've mentored when I mentored uh, so many young men for the ministry through the years, had one who was real sensitive. He was kind of like, like Barney Fife. You all know Barney Fife? He says, he your hero. Well, maybe at one time he was. But anyway, Barney Fife in Mayberry. Fearless Fife, the deputy. But he would say, he was famous for saying, you know, that's one thing I can't stand is when you say I'm sensitive. Well, he was sensitive about being called sensitive. I, I had a, I had a, ment, a, a protege that I mentored, and I tried my best. And I tried it different ways. I tried by speaking softly. I, I tried taking him aside. I tried writing him a, a note, a memo. It didn't matter what it was. It was like I had done the worst thing I possibly could do to a human being by trying to lift him up and correct him and fix him. I'm very, very thankful for Brother Tyler Candy, who is my protege now. And has come along and can stand on his own two feet in every respect in the ministry. And the other day, I shared something with him. And I, I was, was I a little delicate? I was a little delicate. He didn't do anything wrong, but I was just, I was just sharing an improvement. And we, we sat down later and he said, Preacher, you don't have to walk on eggshells with me. And I thought, glory, I have died and gone to heaven. Or this must at least, at the very least, be the millennium. Because that protege said to me, you don't have to walk on eggshells. I know what you're telling me is to help me, to help me be stronger and better. I like that. Too many people get their feelings hurt, and the devil uses that to get them out of service for the Lord. And if you're out of service, you don't have a servant's heart. And you won't be doing what you need to do. That's it. How many times, now, I was not this particular teenager, but how many times have teenagers said to their parents, I hate you! I hate you for all the rules! How terrible a thing to say to a parent. But it's their flesh speaking. Because they want to do what all the other kids do. They want to go where all the other kids go. Not realizing that there is a price tag on that. 
And so sometimes, sometimes our corrections may not be perfect, but that's because we're not perfect. But God has a higher plan, a better plan. If you don't think Paul was tough, I tell you what, uh, ask Peter. Peter, who through compromise was showing himself uh, to be, um, to be uh, showing favoritism to Jews against Gentiles, and, uh, and uh, Paul called him on it. And later on, here's the result. I don't know if that stung, but later on, Paul and Peter reconciled. And Peter wrote about the Apostle Paul and how difficult uh, the Scripture was that he wrote that he left. But they had reconciled. I think about Barnabas. They had their falling out over John Mark. Later on, Paul said, John Mark is not profitable. John Mark can do the work. He was a young man who had failed in his first outing, but Barnabas took the time with him. Now, was Paul wrong? Was Barnabas right? Was Barnabas wrong? Was Paul right? We don't know. I know that it worked out, and it worked out because there is a process by which God makes us better, even when our co-workers or our protégés or our mentors may not be uh, exactly pleasing us in every respect. That is the flesh. We realize there is a higher calling. Ask the churches of Galatia who were corrected. Ask the church at Corinth that was corrected. Ask even the church at Ephesus and the church at Colossae. They would all testify that Paul was not the easiest uh, to live with or to take, uh, to take correction from, but they all resulted in better service for the Lord. What you're going through right now, your training, your experiences, is to make you more effective. People say, I'm not going to go to the church where the, where the preacher preaches hard. Well, then you're not going to hear real preaching if you don't hear hard preaching. Anything not worth preaching hard, I mean from a servant's heart, in love, speaking the truth in love. That's it. I'm not going to go to some church. Listen, in a, in a, former, in a former relationship, there was a, a, a man in the church who said, you talk to us like we're children. Well, Paul talked to those that he wrote to as if they were children, but dear children, loved children. That's it. To help them to come along in the faith. To have a servant's heart. For us to get from where we are now to the servant's heart that God wants us to have, it may take someone speaking godly correction to us. It may take someone preaching the truth in love so that we're not carried about by every wind of doctrine, as he said to the Ephesians. Now those were, on a scale of 1 to 10, more mature Christians than, say, the Corinthian Christians, and yet he still spoke to them to correct them. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, for instruction, for correction, uh, for, for uh, changing us, for, for advancing us. All those things are so very, very important. So when we go through the difficulties, the pain from without, when we go through the daily wear and tear, the grind of the ministry of serving the Lord, of being a Christian in every venue of our life, we take it as from the Lord and we say, thank you, Lord. We say, thank you, Lord. The end result is that we become more what he wants us to be. For to me to live is what? Christ. And to die is what? Gain. That's it. Yes, Paul had his on-the-road-to-Damascus experience. But then 30 years later, he said that I may know him. 
and the power of His resurrection. He was speaking about that continuing, constant, molding, honing, preparing, getting us ready. Does the Lord deserve our best? Our best is everything that we must go through in order to become what God would have us to be, that people might see the Lord Jesus Christ in us. People may often think about and do what is not in their own best spiritual interests. And this is due to pride or perhaps uh, human limitation on some level. But if they are immature, then the same way we love children, the same way we love family, we bring them along in the grace of God and help them to become all that they ought to be. I hope someday not only to hear well done from the lips of our Savior Jesus Christ insofar as our service for the Lord. I don't know that that will be the case, but I pray that it will be. But I also right next to that, I hope and pray that same for you and for everyone I've mentored along the way. One of the great enemies of the servant heart today is so prevalent among, among Bible believers because we live in a corrupt society with corrupt thinking. I think what we've been through in the last 20 years in this country has formed our thinking and uh, perhaps mutated it to the extent that we have now, to a certain degree, accepted a, uh, an entitlement mentality. And that mentality is that uh, I deserve the best. I ought to get the best. And what we, what we are deceived into thinking is the best is not what's best for us. God knows what's best for us. We need to leave that to Him. Thank you, Lord, for your best. Thank you for the trials. Thank you for the tribulations. Thank you for the tests. Thank you for the development along the way. We're talking about Dr. Scoville. When you see him next time, remind him that my, my, my last two years of music courses, because I had taken so many in my first year, my last two years of music courses, I was the only one in my classes. I think I took seven classes alone with Dr. Scoville. That sounds scary. Dr. Donald Scoville was, was a great musician, great man of God with great uh, spiritual insight. And he would hand me uh, in form and, and analysis. That's a fourth-year course, music, form and analysis. And music is written, it's not just individual notes, but there are motifs. They go like this, and they go, they're short, and they're inverted, and they're upside down, and they're all, and he would hand me a sheet of paper, Mozart, Beethoven, Bach, and he'd say, find all the motifs, and I'd circle, 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 and there's 27 on this page of music, where it's repeated over and over just a little differently. Now, they say in people that are adept, and even those that are not, that subconsciously, we pick up on those those alike motifs, even if they're inverted upside down, inside out, backwards, and so forth, even if they're only pieces of them. There's 27 motifs on this piece of paper, and I'm circling 7 o'clock in the morning. I'm circling, making circles on a piece of paper. And I hand it back to the professor, Professor Scoville. Whittaker! You got 26 out of 27! You missed one. Oh, Winnegar, you're going to get sidetracked. Winnegar, if you don't finish, if you don't get it all done, you're not going to be the servant that you ought to be. And he said he was raising his voice. Now, I realize for some people, 
you would think that that would be damaging to your psyche. In his day, he was formidable. And I thought he was going to damage more than my psyche. Well, I'm sitting there. And I struggled and I found the 27th. He said, now you got it. That's the way. Finish the job. And that's the way he taught me. That explains a lot, doesn't it? Amen. Amen. I don't ever want to display in any activity of my life for the Lord an entitlement mentality. I want to serve the Lord with gladness. I want to be the one who is willing to go the extra mile because He'll give us the grace. That's it. 1980, Pastor Stuart Briscoe, who pastored Elmhurst, Illinois, someplace, uh, he said, the scripture that he thinks of when he thinks of David is not the scripture about the shepherd boy who killed the lion and the bear. Not the scripture about him going to camp and taking the challenge of Goliath and going out with five smooth stones and taking out the giant. It's not the scripture about him winning the great battles that he won or ruling as the great king that he was. The scripture that he remembers most about King David was that in his life, in his life, he was a servant. Book of Acts chapter 13, you don't have to turn there, speaks about David serving his generation, serving in his life. Now, how is that? How is that? That David would be remembered mostly for his service and not for his battles or for his slingshot. Why would it be? I would venture to say this. Because in God's economy, while it's exciting to us that he killed the giant, killed the lion, killed the bear, was a great king, defeated those armies was a great ruler. The scripture recalls Luke writing the book of Acts that he served. That's the greatest of all. Jesus said, not to be the ruler, not to seek to be the ruler, but to seek to be the servant. Before we commissioned him to go to a country that I can't even say on this broadcast as a missionary, a young man in our church who has now been 20, 21 years serving in a restricted country where, where he could be imprisoned or worse. He gave out this in the form of a poem, a song, written by Iris Stamphill. I traveled down a lonely road and no one seemed to care. The burden on my weary back had bowed me to despair. I oft complained to Jesus how folks were treating me. And then I heard him say so tenderly, My feet were all so weary upon the Calvary road. The cross became so heavy, I fell beneath the load. Be faithful, weary pilgrim. The morning I can see. Just lift your cross and follow close to me. The second verse goes like this. I work so hard for Jesus, I often boast and say, I've sacrificed a lot of things to walk the narrow way. I gave up fame and fortune. I'm worth a lot to thee. And then I hear him gently say to me, 
My feet were also weary upon the Calvary road. The cross became so heavy, I fell beneath the load. Be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful, weary pilgrim. The morning I can see. Just lift your cross and follow close to me. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Every head bowed, every eye closed, and nobody looking. How many of you today would say, Preacher, something in the message resonated with me, spoke to my heart. Slip your hand up high. Put your hand up high. Amen. Amen. That's good. I'm glad today that the Spirit of God is moving in this place, moving upon hearts. I'm going to ask this question. How many of you, thinking back as far as you can, you know for a fact if you died right now, you go to heaven because you've, you've received Christ as your Savior. You've already taken that first and most important uh, step in what we're talking about today. You've been born again. You're in God's family by faith in Jesus Christ. You're saved and you're going to heaven. You can remember a time when you did that. Slip your hand up high. I can remember praying and asking Jesus in my heart. Amen. Put your hands down. If you don't, we're going to talk with you in just a moment about that. But I'm going to take another moment to say this. If you're already saved, you're already on your way to heaven, See, I realize that every single day God's molding me and making me, forming me to what I ought to be. I realize even the unfair things that are happening, even the, the beatings, even the persecution, even the misunderstanding, even the misreading, the mislabeling that goes on, I realize that's all permitted by God to help me become what I ought to be so Jesus Christ might be seen in me. And how many of you today say, Preacher, I have a new appreciation, I have a re renewed appreciation for the fact that I'm going through some tough things, but God's making me to be what I ought to be to glorify Himself. Would you slip your hand up? Come on. I realize that that's a renewed uh, or a new understanding. God bless you. God bless you. Put your hands down. Now, for those of you that could not say that you know that you're saved, let's help you to Jesus right now, okay? It's simple. With Jesus Christ, you're going to heaven. Without Him, you'll never make heaven. You'll split hell wide open. You need to be saved. Just pray right now from your heart and mean it. Here's what you pray, not out loud, but in your heart to God. Pray it and mean it. Dear God, come on, pray it. Dear God, I admit I'm a sinner. I admit I'm a sinner. I deserve to pay for my sins. I deserve to pay for my sins. I believe Jesus died to save me. I believe Jesus died to save me. Right now I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart. Right now I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart as my personal Savior, as my personal Savior. Please take away my sins. Please take away my sins and take me to heaven when I die and take me to heaven when I die. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, I want you to slip your hand up right now so I can see it. I prayed that prayer and I meant it. I'm going to ask you to come. If you've never come forward to profess Christ, I'd like you to come down and tell me, I prayed to receive Jesus Christ. We'd like to talk to you about baptism and membership as well. If you're not a, a scripturally baptized believer, if you've never been scripturally baptized since you've been saved, won't you come and tell me that? If you desire membership, won't you come and tell me that? I'm going to ask Christians right now, those of you that believe that God's speaking to you, about winning souls. He's speaking to you about being more of a witness, about supporting missions, about praying more. I, I want to see your hand right now. God spoke to you on this special day about that. Would you raise your hands up high? Come on, raise it up high. God bless you. Would you like to come and pray? Pray about that. Find a place down here to sit. Find a place to kneel. Let's stand to our feet. Heads are bowed. We're going to sing just as I...